0: Welcome to the Endurance Horse Podcast, where endurance riders from all across the globe gather, sharing their stories, goals and progress as they train for and compete in endurance events at every level. So kick off your shoes, pull up a chair and listen as we gather around the virtual campfire and listen to friends from across the world. Hello and
1: welcome to episode forty-seven of Endurance Horse Podcast. Today on Endurance Horse Podcast, we are talking with Natalie Law of Utah, who completed the twenty twenty-one Tevis Cup with her sixteen-three hand high saddlebred gelding, affectionately known as Brave, registered name Momotion Jack. Natalie also rode alongside her twelve-year-old daughter, Kyla Law, who was riding one of the most recognizable equines that was at the twenty twenty-one Tevis Cup. Kyla rode aboard her love. 7.2 hand hackney pony known the worldwide now as Flash. His registered name is Peace of Perfection. This mother-daughter team finished a very respectable 36th and 37th and earned their Tevis buckle this year. Natalie will tell you that Flash was Brave's emotional support pony and also share some Excitement about what a rattlesnake encounter they had with Flash out on the trail on the pre ride. Join me now with welcoming Natalie Law to episode 47 of Endurance Horse Podcast. (laughs) Today on Endurance Horse Podcast, we are talking with Natalie Law, who just completed the Tevis 2021 with her daughter, and they finished 36th and 37th place. Welcome to the podcast, Natalie.
0: Thank you so much for having me.
1: So I always ask people a few of the same questions, no matter what episode we're on. So the first question
0: is, how did you get
1: into horses?
0: Oh my goodness. Okay. I was that little girl that dreamed about horses when she was tiny and I actually bought my first horse when I was in fifth grade. I uh, had a candy machine and I would save up the money and I bought a little quarter horse Arab for eight hundred and fifty dollars in quarters. And I've just been that horse crazy girl ever since. That's awesome. I rode the bus to the boarding stable every day and just I remember I'd play with her and ride her around and then I'd fall asleep on her back until my mom picked her up. That's what I did every day. How did you find out about endurance riding? Um, I, my husband's aunt, Shannon law lived behind us up in Washington state. And she is the one that introduced it to me. And I really don't know how we just started writing And she said, there's a 25-mile ride. You need to go to it. And so we just started training for it the best we could and knew how. And it kind of just snowballed from there. So what is your favorite thing about endurance
1: riding that has kept you with it?
0: You know, I tell everybody the same thing. I don't ride for the miles the points and everything I ride because I get to see things no one else in the world gets to see. There's such a small group of us that get to go further into the mountains, deeper into the mountains, and into more rugged terrain. And, And that's why I ride because I get to see the, just the beauty of the creation. So.
1: so when did you specifically think about possibly riding 100 miles?
0: Um, okay, last year, 2020, we were lucky enough to still have um, the XP rides going on. And so we kept riding through the pandemic. And by the end, you know, towards the end, I thought, you know, what? let's go and ride. There's 100 down in Scottsdale. And so I thought, well, let's, let's go to My daughter's going to outgrow that pony pretty soon, so let's set a big old goal. And we started training for our first 100. Was it shortly after then that Tevis became a goal? So, I mean, I'd always seen Tevis. I was like, wow, it's Tevis. I never even comprehended going to it. Um, But after the 100 in Scottsdale, you know, that was supposed to be my daughter's last hurrah on her pony. And so then come, what, January when Tevis signed up, I was like, you know, Brave did fabulous at his hundred. So. I'm only 10 hours away, why not sign up? So I signed my horse up, and then soon after they announced that the juniors ride free. And I, I called my trainer, Sheila Wetter, and I said, Sheila, do you think Kyla can still ride Flash? Is she too big? And she goes, that pony's tough as nails, he'll be just fine. <laughs> so I thought, well, what the heck, it's juniors ride free, I'm going anyways. You know, what's the worst case scenario? we get pulled? I mean, how many people <laughs> have the opportunity to even get there? So that's when we decided to... In, Sign Kyla up. That's why her, I was signed up in like 124 and she was like 164. Hmm.
1: So this was your, your first time at Tevis and your second 100?
0: Yes. Wow. First time ever stepping foot in, Tev- in Auburn. So can you tell me a little bit about Brave? So Brave is everything people say shouldn't be going to endurance. He's sixteen three. He's a very warm, you know, warmer blood. He's an American saddlebred. He's five gated and came from a show barn. He moves in ways that people look at him and are like, what is he doing? <laughs> he's lanky, He's floppy. He, he just doesn't look like he should be out there climbing the mountain. But when you put him out there, he turns into a mountain horse, and he just powers through everything. He's just incredible. So he had a show background before you? So I'm not totally sure how much you went to the show, but I knew he was bred to be. You know, he came from some, you know, very, very well- to do bloodlines in the saddlebred world, he actually is naturally gated, which saddlebreds are often um, trained to gate and put mm-hmm. into that rack so that they can be very, they can go back and forth in the show ring, but he was so naturally gated that it just wasn't quite the right fit in the, in the show world. And so my sister, you know, Shannon, the lady I talked to before, bought him, and she had an accident and had to sell her horses, so I was like, well, I'll buy him for my husband. And I bought him for my husband because he was gated. And then my horse has, had a car accident, and I was like, well, I guess I'll ride Rave around. And I just fell in love with him. And so, yeah, he came from the show world. But, you know, as we've been trying to push with the saddlebreds, people don't realize how incredibly athletic they are. Mm-hmm. I've got five of them right now, and I've taken quite a few of them to endurance, and they, they just power through. They're just really, really athletic. I just, uh-huh. I love the breed. I would, I would love to see it do more. Oh, they're just incredible. In fact, we've got a, me and Sheila have actually been putting together a national award each year. I think we're on the the third or fourth year where we've been giving out awards to the saddlebreds that are competing in the distance world. And I think right now there are about 14 or 15 of them competing in 2021, throughout the nation even one in canada
1: that's awesome because i know that um they just changed their name the american saddlebred association just merged and so they changed their name but i do know that they also offer usually pretty nice award if you're yeah, competing i was actually
0: won last year's breed award he were won the eight yard distance um saddlebred distance award and he had 595 miles last year
1: that's awesome and you're doing such so a great job pr- promoting that breed and then can you tell me a little bit about your now famous sidekick <laughs> named flash, flash <laughs> is
0: sidekick. okay let's make it very clear flash is not the sidekick. oh brave, brave is, is the sidekick, sidekick. <laughs> the pony. in fact we joked with the vets all the time brave needs his emotional support pony mm-hmm. to be able to vet in and that's exactly how it is Flash. His register name is Peace of Perfection, which truly fits him. He Actually, my daughter pulled him out. Well, my friend Sheila about him, pulled him out of a field. He had been out on pasture for about five years and was never saddle broke. And together they decided to break this feral pony. And he, I mean, he was so terrified that my daughter couldn't even talk when she was with him. She had to be super quiet. She had to learn to control her emotions. She couldn't wear fluffy, poofy jackets, anything. It had to be dead silent for her to start working him. And just over time, she developed a relationship where he knew that she wasn't going to hurt her, you know. And so they they worked long and hard. And, and there was one point that she broke down crying on the couch. She said, I just can't do it. And we put them up for sale. And he didn't sell because 11.2 is really hard to sell a wild pony like that. Mm-hmm. And we're so grateful now she decided to just keep working through it. And, and it was really his first endurance ride that we realized how talented he was. Um, we went out on a 50. We got lost, ended up doing 68 miles. We, um, finished in like 11 hours and 45 minutes. The pony finally settled down at about 40 miles. And that's when we realized this is what he loves. He doesn't Mm -hmm. want to be in the arena. He really doesn't want to just even be joy ridden. He wants to go out and do endurance. Mm. And so she really only rides them, you know, maybe once a week. All the other times he runs along like a trail dog and, and he doubles all the distance that all the other horses get. And he just, he just loves it.
1: I find that fascinating to see him go down the trail, not so much because he's a pony, but because he's hackney, because every hackney I've ever seen or met I just thought there's no bottom to that horse. You know, they just, they seem to have a boundless amount of endurance to them. And I'm, su- oh, I'm surprised. They never stop.
0: Yeah. They never stop. In fact, even after the 100, the next morning, it is is resting, but he's back to, all right, let's go. What are we doing today?
1: I love that you said like a trail dog, because I can kind of, I can kind of envision that, like maybe a Jack Russell or something that just go, 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 go. And um mm-hmm. yeah. So I, I read that you had some problems about there's a mandatory that you have to have shoes, but he really didn't need them and that like Tenny was going to help you oh, out yeah. and it was a whole odyssey just drama. to...
0: Yeah, so what happened is basically he has done all of his endurance, even his 100 in Scottsdale barefoot. That's just how he rolls. He's hard as a rock. If we do anything, we add some hook armor. They've been super supportive and always sent his stuff. And, and so we've hook armored him. But when it comes to Tevis, it's mandatory that you have some kind of hook protection and there is clauses that we could get around. But, you know, after talking to Dave Nicholson, who's, you know, we ride with a lot, he said, it's just not worth trying it.
1: Mm -hmm. So we
0: went down the road of trying to find a hook protection and lots of people, you know, set out to help. But the only thing that really fit were the scoop boot skins, they had a size and Stacey Pratt sent us box, you know, quite a few boxes overnight to get them going. And I glued them on, To go to City of Rocks to do a trial and they didn't last five miles. Not Mm -hmm. the boots, but the prepper and the gluer. Okay. Mm -hmm. I have no, had no clue what I was doing, but I was like, whatever. So, and he just rode and continued, you know, he would drop his boot and continue, lose a boot and continue. Um, so when we came back from City of Rocks, I was like, you know, I'm just going to put steel shoes on him and call it good. But the more I thought about it, the more it just didn't sit with me. Because one, he had never had skills on. And two, I just didn't know what happens if he lost one. Mm-hmm. How would his foot handle it then? Mm-hmm. You know, I knew that if he lost a glue on, he was just fine. So that's why we ultimately chose to do the glue wounds And I called quite a few people in the professional world to glue them on. And John Perry, oh my gosh, my hats off to that man. Because he was willing to glue them on, even though he was riding the test the next day also. <laughs> wow. It took about two and a half hours flash was as rotten as they possibly can because he, <laughs> he, he doesn't know him mm-hmm. you know and so he was rotten so the prep wasn't great and but we got him on and I told John I said he's like I'm really sorry this is not my best work but I said you know they're on and so as we went into the ride he got through 28 miles with all four of them and then lost the fir- first boot at like I said about 28 miles and it was hilarious because some lady goes he lost a boot and I remember going well, that's too bad. And we just kept (laughs) riding. (laughs) you know, I mean, it is what it is. I don't have backup. I had nothing, you know? Mm -hmm. And so then we got to about 45 miles. He lost his back left boot. So he's now left sided and right sided. Mm -hmm. And when we came to, I knew coming into Forest Hill, I was like, we got to get these boots off. One of them's flopping. He wasn't lame or anything, but I could just tell he was annoyed. And Kyla said he was sliding down the canyons differently. His left side was sliding a little different than his right side, which obviously he had different hoof protection on. Mm -hmm. So when we got to Forest Hill, we went up to the farriers, and I was like, pull them off. And they looked at me like, say what? I said, get them all off. Get them all off. And so we pulled them all off, and Sheila amazingly went hoof armored all of them, and we finished barefoot. And he was so much happier the rest of the way.
1: I bet he was, because he he probably has a lot of leg action, and that might have something to do with it, do you think?
0: You know, he just, that's how he moves, Mm -hmm. and he's got the feet to be able to handle the terrain. Mm -hmm. We live in really rugged, rocky terrain where we are, and so he was just like, get him off and let me do my thing. You crossed under
1: the finish line banner with your daughter in 36th and 37th place. Can you tell me what that
0: meant to you? Um, Placing, honestly, I had no clue. In fact, I remember going to each of the vets going, wow, there's a lot of people at these, and we would go in and out and in and out, and we'd pass tons of people in the different holds, and I was like, huh, that's interesting, but it never crossed my mind. All that mattered was us getting across the finish line, and I'll tell you, 99.9% of those miles, me and my daughter had a blast. Our only squabble came under that finish line banner of who was going to go first, and I told her, I said, the pony needs to go first because nobody will be able to see him behind Brave. Hmm. And she wanted me to go first so that she could hot rod the pony behind Brave because he would just hot rod. And that was, after, I mean, we were so mixed up in our little squabble that the banner came and went. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it, and we finished, and that was that. So you had
1: written online about the beauty of this earth, and can you tell us a little bit about the experience of riding through the Tevis Trail? Some riders say it's just another ride, but I'd say over half of them say that there's a little bit of magic out there. So did you find any magical moments when you were out in the middle of your endurance adventure?
0: You know, I did. I, You know, it, I can see where everybody gets a different viewpoint. If you're having a really rough ride, I can see where it would be breaking um, it, it is just another ride when talking about the trail. If you train on trails and you train in the mountains, you're right. The trail is just another trail. To be honest, I think the true magic came from all of the love and support that is along the way. Mm-hmm. I think I re- that really hit me when we got to the high camp and there was a guy up there with his horned hat on. And he's cheering with his American flag and cheering you on. And I suddenly went, oh, this is incredible. People are willing to come out of their way. They probably might never do the tennis. From my understanding, you run it, but and, and it, it happens throughout the entire day. Every time we stopped, there were people, what can I do for you? Can I cool your horse? Can I can I get you a snack? I mean, that's unheard of for me because mm-hmm. we ride rides where we don't see people for 50 miles. Mm-hmm. And that was, it was just incredible. And so did we see some magic? Yes. Was it a combination of everything? Yes. The trail, was incredible the people were incredible it it really was magical it it was really um but you're right it is still just another ride up in the mountains too so I think part of it is also what you choose to make of it Mm -hmm. and it was gorgeous out there a
1: lot of riders mentioned when they came into Forest Hill exactly what you just said which was they were overwhelmed by the support can you describe to us what it was like coming into Forest Hill
0: I was kind of like shocked in fact I hopped off sooner than I realized the even line was and I attacked you know, I got my horse unsaddled or, you know, way sooner than the line was. But, I, you know, it wasn't just Forest Hill. I mean, all of them had help. Mm-hmm. All of those holds, there were somebody there to put a plate of mash in front of your horse, to, to pour, sponge your horse, to hold the horse, to, you know, everything. And, and so, I, you know, the little town, especially Forest Hill and Michigan Bluff, I mean, those were just, it was overwhelming. It just, I, I just it was in awe at what a neat place it was and that the help that's still out there, you know, especially in a world where it seems like so many people are bickering and upset Mm -hmm. at each other still out there. There is still so much good in this world.
1: So you got to see some of the best of humanity at Tavis. That's,
0: that's awesome. I did. Yeah. I I did. And people that aren't necessarily horse people, Mm -hmm. you know, we're a special crazy breed out there (laughs) as horse people, (laughs) but a lot, you know, I know a lot of those volunteers aren't horse people. They're there to help riders and they're there just to be kind. So it was really neat.
1: I've heard you say that the
0: XP rides were
1: instrumental in your training for Tevis. How so?
0: Oh, crucial. Absolutely crucial. Because, so Dave Nicholson, he's kind of a legend in endurance. And we've been really lucky to be able to go to his rides, even though, and the great part is with with 2020, the rides were small. So I really was able to sit and chat with Dave and Annie. But his rides, he doesn't give you all the... All the, I don't know what it is, just the babying that some of the other rides give you. Mm-hmm. You're expected to know your horse. You're expected to take care of your horse. You're expected to train wisely. And you'll go, it is not uncommon for us to have 30 miles before a vet check. And if you don't know your horse and take care of it, I mean, he can see from a mile away. He can look and be like, nope, that one's out. Nope, that one's good. I mean, he just, his eye is incredible. And to hit the terrain that we're on in his ride are unfathomable. I mean, they, you go through some of the most technical, difficult terrain. And so when it came to Tevis, I knew how I knew how to navigate and that we knew how to ride because we've been riding his rides for the past, you know, two years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that they were crucial. So
1: did I see that Kayla's been asked to co-author some children's books?
0: Could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah. It, she's had an outpouring. In fact, she isn't on social media when it comes to Facebook. So this has all been just mind-blowing to her. I finally let her some of the support she's had after the ride Mm -hmm. and she was she had no clue that she and her pony had such a following but it's on there i've got it on my messages but she writes quite a few um children's stories on books and she asked if kyla wanted to co-author and and kyla loves to write and so i told her that you know this is a huge opportunity for her to tell her story because it it's come you know and and the tevis is just one little blip of, of the history of her and Flash together. So she was pretty excited for that, you know. So we'll, we'll see what comes of it. Hopefully, it can just touch others and inspire the other kids that get out and do hard things, you know, keep working and keep going. Is it true that Flash encountered a rattlesnake on the trail? Oh my gosh, yes. In fact, I, and this, so this was, we were told to go ride Lower Quarry, you know, if we could get out there. And so my mom, took us and dropped us off we hopped off the side of the road went through the gates and went down to the lower corridor ride there back to auburn and we're we finally there's a point where you can just kind of cruise through and it was a double track i was front right and she was just to the side of me on the left and i came around the corner and there's a huge rattlesnake across the side and i'm like and she, by the time she came across, she's pulling and flash doesn't stop very well. Anybody that knows him knows this. So she puts on the brakes the best she can. And at this point, she's on top of him And she, you know, if you can't stop forward, she does the one rein. try to at least turn him. So she was trying to turn him. She almost flies off. He essentially spins on his back hindquarters on top of the rattlesnake. Oh, dear. And turns and and go, turns, does a 180 and goes back. And at this point, I see the snake. I don't know if it struck. I knew that it tried to coil. I mean, it had no time. It was probably thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm going to die. <laughs> um, and then it took a good 15, 20 minutes to, to get on. I, you know, I hopped off. Kyla hopped off. And we tried to calm all the horses down because it's an adrenaline rush. So they were trying to calm down to, to check him. And he wouldn't let me touch any of his back legs. He wouldn't let me touch him. So then I'm panicking more. But eventually, when we calmed everyone down, he didn't get bit. I didn't get bit, and then my co- my daughter was more worried about snakes than coyotes and mountain lions and bears. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely,
1: so. I am in the same camp with her. I that would be my Ugh. my concern, especially at night. I would have really been scary. Yeah. Um, so I have so. a couple a couple more questions for you. What is one bit of advice that you would offer somebody who? is maybe riding at the low levels of endurance. If they're thinking like, hmm, I'd like to do a hundred. What would you, your advice be to them? You know,
0: I would say, and I, I'm working with Casey. My She was the junior that came with me. And she, I told her the same thing. I said, don't focus on, I've got to do a hundred. Step back and build yourself a wonderful companion. Take the time to slow down and enjoy your partner. Enjoy that horse of yours. And don't, don't race. Just, Build a, good, uh, build a good partner, one that when you're done with endurance is still going to take you out on the trail and you can have an enjoyable ride. You know, I can take my horse and do an endurance ride and I can race it if I want, or I can go with the backcountry horsemen, which I do, and lollygag and wander around with them. And I think that is what ultimately took us every step forward and every way to the 100. I never imagined I'd do 100. After my first 30, I was like, I'm going to die. And then I decided, well, let's do a 50. And after my first 50, I thought I was going to die. And after my first 50, multiple day, I thought I was going to die. But every time you go, you just step up one by one. Don't try and bite off more that you can chew. Mm-hmm. And just enjoy your ride. You know, I think, think that's ultimately what has gotten us to where we are. Is, and, and don't get it. Don't say I don't have race brain because there's nothing more exciting than winning first. I've done it. I've won first. I've <laughs> been last. But... When you calm down and focus on just enjoying the ride, you're going to be successful no matter the place, no matter the distance, you're going to have an enjoyable time. That's what I would tell anybody out there that's starting or in the middle of it or wherever they are, just enjoy where you are.
1: So do you have any particular tips on riding the Tevis? So let's say somebody here from the Midwest said, you know, I've done a few hundreds. I think I I think I want to try the Tevis. Do you have any pointers for them about um, this specific ride?
0: This specific ride, okay. So we, I was told before this ride, you've got heat, you've got elevation, you've got rock. Now, I don't know how other people can, you know, train where they don't have that, but mm-hmm. uh, the, the best thing that we did was train a strong horses. Mm-hmm. You know, we trained strong horses, not necessarily fast. built. did the best we could to find the steepest elevations we could find, and we climbed them. Uh, we are really, really lucky and we live in the desert. And so it was 115 for a good month before the Tevis. So I think for us, if you can't do heat training or if, if you don't live where there's heat, then do your best to do heat training. And I know Dr. Garlinghouse, like Chad, I, I mean, I picked her brain for it, uh, but focus on those three things. And, and overall, you don't have to have a racehorse to finish the Tevis. You have to have a strong partner. And I, I think just building, building the strength over the speed because we just, I mean, we just cruise the whole way, just, just consistent all day long. We never raced the horses and it's just another trail guys. Mm -hmm. Break it down seven miles at a time, 10 miles at a time and just one stop to another. Oh, oh, oh. And Kathy Perry gave the most crucial advice I could ever say. Don't dilly dally at all the little stops. Mm -hmm. Get in, get out, get in, get out. I mean, we, we passed more people at all the little stops than anything. So just get in, get out. Fabulous. For the Tevis, that's what I'd say. Thank you so much
1: for your time. It was hard to connect because, you know, you you just went into this phenomenal, iconic ride, and then you come home and your mom to four children, and, you know, they have to go to football practice, and they have to do things, and you didn't get to take a week off. You
0: had to go right back at your life. No week off. We're just guys. The next, in fact, Tuesday, they dragged me out to go hiking on the cliff to go cliff jumping at the lake. I was like, okay, I can't walk, so I guess i got to go hike. You know, that is, that is so. the one, one part that
1: I forgot to ask you, which was, did you do anything specific for your fitness to be ready for this 100?
0: Um, you know, I did practice. I mean, naturally, I've been blessed with being pretty fit as it is. I have four kids that I'm constantly go, go, going. But I did make sure I practiced all the, the things that people say. I practiced tailing. I practiced hiking down canyons. Um, I, I did all those things so that I knew what I would be like. Mm-hmm. Um, and I made sure I was fit enough to be able to, to keep going. But ultimately, I never got off my horse because I knew they could handle the terrain better than I could. But I just I think overall, just being healthy is crucial.
1: Awesome. Thank you. I know you got to get back to Kyla fishing and back to life. Thank you for taking a few minutes out of your life to share your experience with us. Well, thank you. and Thanks
0: for having us on.
1: To share your story on Endurance Horse Podcast, send an email to endurancehorsepodcast at gmail.com.
0: We enjoyed having you along for the ride. Endurance Horse Podcast is where you get to share your adventures of riding good horses through beautiful country. Many stresses in life are washed away by a good gallop, a steady trot, or by simply saddling up your favourite horse for an easy ride. Remember, every mile a memory.